0: Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. Today I interview Danny Unger, CEO and lead creative director at Cloudhead Games. Recently, they won the best narrative category at the Proto Awards for their virtual reality game, The Gallery, Episode 1, Call of the Starseed. Check out the trailer online. It reminds me of something John Carpenter would direct. It's an incredible looking experience. On this episode, we're going to discuss storytelling and the technology for virtual reality. Now that everybody kind of
1: understands that using your hands in VR is a really substantial thing, I think you're gonna see better motion controllers. We did a demo with Valve recently for a new prototype controller that just floats in your hands. You're not actually holding something, but there is a controller there in your palm to grab onto for different actions. The intuitiveness of that Is going to increase and i can also see transducers that sit on your body and simulate different effects i could see that stuff becoming more and more popular um and i can also see you know eventually we'll get full body tracking or at least additional points of tracking to bring the user into the experience
0: there's definitely like a base kind of language that is used to describe it and kind of navigate it whether or not you're going to film school in japan when america there is definitely an approach best practices How closer we are to that in VR regards to it as a storytelling medium where no matter where you're at in the world, there's kind of a a universal language. So
1: we just returned from uh, VR on the lot in in Hollywood at Paramount Studios, and it was kind of a very kind of closed, insular event um, where you know, all the major studios come together and they talk about uh, virtual reality and how, where that crossover with Hollywood is and kind of where the state of it is. And it was a really interesting conference to participate in. I spoke on VR game production, but I sat on many panels listening to what was being said. And it was apparent to me just how far behind Hollywood is in terms of the types of experiences that they're trying to shoehorn into VR, in some ways harmful for what VR actually is and what it's capable of. But I think it really comes down to them as storytellers trying to figure out a completely new tool set, obviously, but really shoehorning in old techniques that may not be well suited for the medium. So um, there's a lot of turmoil, I think, in Hollywood right now because they see VR as, you know, it's a, a major new medium that will dwarf 3D film, and they're just trying to get their heads around how to, how to deal with that. So there's a lot of 360 video for example, being kind of touted as the way to handle this, you know, that falls down on several kind of fundamental levels, even though you can kind of, Approach it from a traditional kind of storytelling filmmaking mode. You can do cuts and you can do kind of traditional things. How you focus a user's attention when they can look anywhere um, is is a really difficult challenge that game designers have figured out a long time ago, but Hollywood's
0: never really had to deal with that. You see that there is potential through a higher level of interactivity, which comes more from the game world than, let's say, film. Is there some type of happy medium?
1: I think that the fundamental problem is that it is, uh, it is its own medium, it is its own art form, and trying to build movie content in that space in a very traditional way doesn't work. It, it falls apart fundamentally. One of the ways I see this kind of playing out is, and even game designers are, are trying to kind of figure what, because it's not a perfect medium for games either. Um, it's, it's a very different sort of one-to-one real experience. Um, and everybody's trying to figure out where the edges are and where to push it, and I I think what it'll kind of come down to, or at least this is what it feels like to me in terms of the direction that it's heading, is it'll be kind of like non-consequential interactions in a active 3D space. So an example I could give would be, you know, it's kind of like you're you're on the wall with Legolas and he's shooting orcs, you know, and and the story's playing out, but I want to be sitting there with my family, my my wife and my two kids, and I want to see some virtual representation of them beside me. And we're all sitting there on the wall with Legolas and me and my wife can be lazy and passive and we can watch this story play out. But my kids who are hyper and don't want to just sit there, they could actually stand up, approach the wall, grab a bow and arrow and fire off a few shots into the orcs. And it would have no impact on the on the narrative that's being told. But you're giving the audience um, a, another level of presence that they're just kind of not used to. But I think that the things that Hollywood has to get its head around is that movies, while they're it's a very personal thing watching a movie, it's also a very social thing. Um, and you, you kind of want to be in a space with, your friends or your family while you're experiencing that thing. You can still tell that amazing deep story and you can still do cuts and all the rest of it, but they have to start moving more towards building out these environments in full 3d, um, using, photogrammetry which is a technique that you can you know you can take pictures of a 3d environment a, a real world environment uh, like they could build a set just like normal but then be, they'd be basically essentially scanning that whole environment bring it into a computer um, and then they can do um, light field captures of actors so actors can get in full costume and uh, you can do a full 360 live performance of that actor but you're getting a complete volumetric capture of that performance and then you're dropping them in that scene and you're creating an, an entire a set essentially that the user can interact with, walk around within, or, you know, choose to sit down, whatever they're doing. There just has to be a paradigm shift in terms of how they think about filmmaking.
0: And I think it'll come, but we're still in early days. This year, you won best narrative category at the Proto Awards. How do you approach storytelling differently than other content creators? There's a few things going on there. I think that because technically it was a big challenge, we we were one of the first
1: studios, I think, to do, motion capture of an actor while they were in VR. So it was the first time that an actor could um, see the virtual representation of the space and the characters that they were acting to. An example might be, you know, on Avatar, when James Cameron filmed that, he had the actors dress up in their motion capture suits, and and then he had a virtual camera that he would kind of look around the set and he could see the world that the actors were acting in but they couldn't they had to use their imagination so we did kind of that in an inverse way where we put the actor with a VR headset on and then showed them the space that they were acting to and just let them go so we had like virtual um, teleprompters and virtual marks where they had to kind of walk to and but they were in the actual world which was I think that added to the performances that we got out of the actors that were in episode one, and I think it really helped them lose themselves in the moment. So that was part of it. I think the other part was uh, because most of us come from gaming backgrounds. We just we kind of knew how to design spaces um, to channel player focus, and you know how to gate moments, how to bring. A user to a specific moment in time where they have no choice but to pay attention to what's going on. The challenging thing about VR is that you can't prevent a user from moving around or looking somewhere else when they're seeing, you know, a particular bit of action play out. So you have to kind of bring everything to bear to make them focus on a moment. Um, And that's with good environmental design, good sound design, kind of sculpting out your narrative so that it's leading them to an inevitable kind of peak, right? And so they're seeing this moment play out.
0: If a director from, let's say, film gets into uh, working in VR, what extra challenges and opportunities do you see that they'll have? The biggest challenge, I think, going in
1: is being brave enough to take chances and breaking out of the box that they're comfortable with. If you don't have that spirit of, you know, screw it, I'm going <laughs> to take this massive risk and I'm going to do it this way because it's never been done this way, you're probably going to fail. In terms of opportunities, I mean, there are endless opportunities. It's a completely new way to distort someone's view of reality it's it's a way to teleport a user to a completely different plane of existence so you really have sort of the ultimate power as a creator to show the user or bring them through a, a journey in an experience so there is literally unlimited potential if you try to bring to bear things that you thought worked in film into VR, you're likely not going to succeed. That being said, I think that um, there is value in jumping into 360 video, just so that you can get your head around the technology at a very basic level, and uh, you know, moving from moving on from there. But you know, being ready to to aggressively take chances after that.
0: I was wondering um, when you start putting together these experiences, how do you bring in your influences? Are they subconscious? Are they direct? Like what goes into your mind?
1: Yeah. So uh, we were. Pretty deliberate in the choice to make this the first episode of the gallery um, Call of Starseed set in the 80s. Originally we weren't doing kind of a period piece in that way, but over the course of designing the thing, we we started to understand that there's a certain emotional context to the 80s for a lot of people. And what that is, that nugget, is that the craziest shit could happen in the 80s, but in an 80s movie but you would always be kind of taken back to this place of safety. So when we started thinking about it that way, it had a really nice parallel to virtual reality because for a lot of people, their first time in VR is a little bit shocking, especially with the the latest technology. It's not what they expect or it's not what they preconceived it to be. It's much, much better, much more immersive than they thought it ever could be. So kind of recognizing that, we thought that using the 80s as kind of a lever for grounding a person in a familiarity uh, was really important, and it let them kind of lose themselves in that story uh, while still feeling like they were gonna be taken care of in the end, so no matter how weird things got, they just, you know, they were gonna be fine. So I think that's kind of how we approached it.
0: Yeah, you see Guardians of the Galaxy, and like kind of this way into this insanely elaborate world was like a mixtape. And yeah. no, I mean, <laughs> other than hipsters, no one really uses mixtapes anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I think that was a great, you know, I guess, a a rabbit hole—you jump right through into this elaborate world—and I think that's smart that you use nostalgia to bring somebody into new technology.
1: Like it w- we weren't sure if it would work as a concept, but it definitely grounded people in the moment and let them just kind of relax into it.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood Two You could find me on Twitter at Peter Katz One. It's K A T Z and. The music on this episode is from the band The Ballet and the song is Difficult Situations.